Hello, welcome to another episode of the Menswear Style Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Brooker. Today, I'm going to be talking to Riz Smith, who is a co-founder of Riz Board Shorts. And Riz, they only make shorts. That's it. Uh, Beautiful and made to last since the birth of the Riz brand in 2009. Less but better is their philosophy, and it feeds into everything that they do. Uh, By only making one thing, it allows them the time to do things properly to become masters. By putting the environment and well-being at the heart of the design process, it shapes this journey. As Buckminster Fuller once wrote, the best way to predict the future is to design it. Couldn't agree more. And here is Riz to talk about Riz Board Shorts in his own words. We're short makers. I sort of try and I find it hard sometimes to distinguish exactly uh, the shorts. So where, um, yeah, we we make shorts. We just make shorts, and they're for uh, the beach. Um, so the swim shorts, surf shorts, beach shorts. Um, so we specialise in that and uh, try and make them as, as sort of fun as possible, as flamboyant as possible. And so in the way that when you go to the beach, you want it's a you're escaping your day to day. I'd say. So the sort of short sort of uh, uh, sort of a, an extension of that, really. Um, uh-huh. So yeah, just um, sort of elegant and, and sort of fairly sort of a, I'd say flamboyant um, uh, beach shorts. So yeah, men's as well. So we we are we just a menswear men's short company. Yeah. And has it been going? I saw on the site it was founded two thousand and nine. The brand is that right? Yeah, so 2009. I think our first collection was probably 2010. So right. we've been going just over 10 years now. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, we're not that new anymore. So it's, like, <laughs> so. so what inspired you to start the brand? What were you kind of doing beforehand and what gave you the idea along with your co founder to get this going? Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's quite interesting in the sense that beach shorts or, or swim shorts is not the first choice you'd think for a London company. Um, you know, for the obvious reasons of the weather and, and, and things like that. But um, my first job out of university was actually for Speedo. And it was a pure twist of chance. I thought I was going to be working in menswear. And um, I got a job for Speedo as their beachwear. Actually, they're, they're shorts designer. <laughs> all right, all right. So, yeah, so I did all the global beach shorts for them. And then after that, it sort of just snowballed into always doing sportswear or um, surf or very much yeah leisure wear basically and um yeah worked for some surf uh, people and just sort of thought that I, it was a bit of a niche market and then realized that maybe there's sort of more um yeah in a men's in a crowded menswear market maybe it was a bit easier to sort of like play to your strengths and i never realized i would become a, a beach short designer so i sort of thought i could use that as a that niche that not maybe many people were doing and right. uh, using that to sort of propel it a little bit. And um, basically it's sort of a niche and a sort of an opportunity in the market because beach shorts, I mean, this is like in the, this was over 10 years ago, the idea. So let's say in the early 2000s, we're still very like surf brands were doing their thing and they were still very strong. Um, there was a kind of like designer uh, men's swim short market, which was a sort of like the luxury brands would then have, Swim shorts, just part of their luxury, and then and then it was sort of all a bit sort of dad swim shorts, you know. It's all a bit <laughs> like M&S checks, kind of elasticated. Um, so there wasn't really 
it felt like there wasn't really a menswear offer for swim shorts. So like with a menswear aesthetic or a, a something a little bit more, um, yeah, just aligned with men's men's tape, menswear taste. Um, so I just thought with all that experience, why don't try and do something which is a bit more, basically like if a menswear brand did a swim short brand, what would it look like? Because right. this brands never came from that sort of starting point. They were just like functional swimmers. Um, you know, I say functional, but elasticated swimmers or surf brands, which were primarily aimed at you for surfing um, and also a lot younger and, and, and very kind of like brash and bold. And, and um, so there was a bit of a, a bit of a gap, I thought. So that, that was the starting point. Yeah. And in your previous job, did you learn how to pattern make then? And so the, the shorts, I assume, are, are more tailored than your elasticated waistband. So are they kind of like... A, a tailored short swim short yeah they are yeah well, we, we we have a few different ones but the the starting point with the very very beginning was the idea was to make a surf short a board short more tailored and more more elegant so that's where it started from the, the company um so it wasn't too because board shorts have a quite a nice fit pattern anyway as in the cut they mm. quite they got quite an ergonomic flattering cut but it was just sort of like sort of bringing that in a little bit and making that just a little bit more elegant, but still could move and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, and then we do do tailored shorts, which are based on a more of like a tailored trouser, I suppose. Um, so I probably hadn't learned pattern cutting. I mean, when I was working for the other brands, you, you're aware of patterns. Any fast clothing designer should be aware of pattern cutting, cutting. but it wasn't like a, you know, it, it wasn't, a thing i had to get help you know i got a pattern cutter and to help with the right. very first patterns we made um and then since then as the company develops we we do now offer an, an elasticated swim short as well right and that was just from a commercial point of view like i don't think i'd ever have put one in if there wasn't a demand for it but the, the boutiques the men's boutiques especially like the um, department stores and things they just it's an easier sell for them um yeah, it's just um, so we do offer elasticated now as well. Yeah. Okay, interesting. And so uh, I ask this of uh, pretty much every founder or co-founder for every brand. How how did you get the capital to get the get Riz board shorts off the ground? We uh, so I have a business partner, Ali 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 Morel is my um, and his two of us. We founded it together, and we we just put in. Um, money that we'd saved. So the capital was not lots and lots, um, but enough. I can't, you know, we put sort of 10,000 pounds each or something and which we'd saved, you know, for a long while. And we, and then, and then ever since then we've, we've just sort of rolled that over and stuff like that. So we, 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 we've never had any funding. Um, right. It's such, yeah. It's quite and, rare almost. I mean, I mean, I don't know if crowdfunding was all, it was, a thing 10 years ago as it is today but yeah, we, would you we did actually do crowdfunding yeah we did um, oh, okay. not, not not to start though not to right. launch but about uh, four or five years into the business we we did do crowdfunding to get some money yeah for how a, did that go it was uh, we got the money i can't remember, it was about fifteen thousand pounds and um it was for a specific project which we were trying to launch a particular range of shorts and um I have to say, it was dead hard. Yeah, it, it like, is. <laughs> you've got to really bang the drum. You've really got to keep um, 
it's it, shouting and pushing the sort of message way more than I thought that we did than you would. But it really interesting though. I have to say it was an interesting. Um, I'm glad we did it because it was. Uh, and also, it's a quite a nice way of getting feedback on your business or your project or your company. You know, it's a nice way of. Um, yeah, I felt it's a very much two way thing. I thought because a lot of people want to get involved and ask questions to the public, so because they're going to be putting their money in, so. Yeah, that was quite interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. I've not really actually thought about that before because I've crowdfunded uh, many projects that never saw the light of day. But it is a good kind of bedrock to get feedback from, and because people are going to ask questions naturally if they're going to part with their money, and they they might even be questions that you don't have an answer to straight away, or they might have an opinion on something. They'll go, "Well, look, could we just do this?" And then maybe I'd be interested. And then you have Mm. something then to kind of. Uh, deal with don't you you have some you know hopefully positive criticism yeah i think it's it's definitely it's really constructive uh and constructive criticism so and yeah. some of the things that we probably started in that project uh which was over five years ago now we're probably still putting into work now you know they're, they're sort of quite a lot of these things are slow long tail um projects if you're trying to change the way that you work as a business so that was quite a lot of our things we've always been trying to change the way that you source or you manufacture or so it's not just like the design like you know the cut and the, the print for some of these for this for that project for example right um yeah so so yeah it's, it's interesting i think crowdfunding can be a fantastic sort of way of um gauging something as well if you wanted to start something completely different yeah like something. so yeah, it's it's a good way of knowing if anyone actually cares or is interested. If any, you know, if people jump on it immediately, then you might know you've got something on your hands. I had a, yeah. I had a guest on not so long ago from Ace Marks, uh, Paul Farrago, who was uh, one of the founders of Ace Marks Shoes, mm. and he had uh, he had the the uh, crowdfund model as well, and that's how he got started and has had many since to produce new ranges. And so I asked him the question: I was like, oh, what's the secret? Because you you always you know, smash it when it comes to the Kickstarter campaigns. And he said, well, you know, if we, we put in a lot of investment ourselves. So like friends and family will invest a lot of money. And then I was like, oh, okay. So that's basically what you do. You get a lot of the people that are close to kind of hit that mark or get you over the, so let's say you're trying to raise 15 grand like you are. You get to that level. And then that gives other people confidence to invest in as well. I, I have heard this before, actually, as well. I, I've heard exactly the same from, I can't remember who, but someone has mentioned this. It's the um, the friends and families that is, is a, will end up being quite a predominant part of the um, yeah. effort. <laughs> which, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> which, you know, kind of, you know, it figures. You know, people kind of need to see a little bit of something before they... They I mean, want to back a winner. Yeah, yeah they, they like to back a winner. Yeah. So, that's, why um, that's why they're going to take likes away from Instagram, isn't it? Because, you know, if you see a post and only two people have liked it, you're like, ah. <laughs> but, then, but then if you see a post and 20,000 people are on board with it, oh, definitely. It's, it's safe yeah. for me to be uh, aligned with this. Now. I, I like the idea of removing likes, I have to say. I'm, yes. I'm all for it. So, yeah. And they did do it in <laughs> some countries. I don't know if it's... I don't know, I don't, yeah, maybe they have started it in some places. Yeah, a while ago. I think it would be healthier for all of us or anyone who uses it. For us who use uh, Instagram, so I yes. agree. I certainly agree. Um, 
Riz, could you talk about some of the recycled elements and the sustainability factor of your brand? Because anyone that goes onto the website and goes onto the about and sees how they're made, etc., um, I just found it fascinating that you could uh, make this out of recycled fabric and re- uh, plastic bottles, etc. So pretty much everything within some of the shorts are, are recycled, apart from like a metal button or. A, yeah, so like, basically everything that can be, we, yeah. we do. Um, and it was very much from the very from the very start of the inception of the business. I wanted to make sure that it was um, as sustainable as possible because I thought I can't do a bit. It was kind of part of the frustration was the fact that fashion didn't feel sustainable. And at the word at the time, we probably weren't using the word sustainable, but I think eco friendly. Let's call it um, at, at, in the sort of the, then. And um, and so I was sort of researching what could be done to make products as, as, as thoughtful as possible and and found the recycled fabrics actually when I was working for Speedo um, even back in the early 2000s there was recycled polyester available so I kind of knew about it so I thought well if you're going to build a house from the ground up if you're going to you know use your thing and, and if you, you should do it right and sort of and do it good and you don't haven't got anyone telling you you can't right you haven't got the the big boss with the going, right, you can't do this. Like for yeah, once, it's too late. It's too late. We can't do it. <laughs> yeah, you've done it. Whoops. And, and, and also, you know, and actually it's not that much more expensive or all all these, I mean, they are more expensive, but um, so we thought, right, when we, when we build these products, we'll build them as, as best as we can, as good, you know, as long lasting as we can and with recycled elements. So at the time we could only get recycled fabric um, and that went in, but um then we thought that also at the beginning, right, could it be, can the shorts be recycled at the end of life even? So, or can we have a give back scheme and all these things yeah, that we yeah. had at the beginning 10 years ago, were just thoughts and ideas. And we, we wrote them down on the website, but they didn't happen because, well, you just bought a pair, you're not going to give them back straight away. And also there wasn't a technology yet to, um, to, to recycle fabrics anyway at the end of life. So we thought, well, we'll just start with recycle making the products from recycled um, fabric. And then I can't remember, maybe sort of like two, three or four years ago, the recycled trim started becoming available. So you could buy recycled threads, recycled zips, um, and other little recycled, what else do we do? Recycled zip, recycled threads, recycled cord, um, and other things like that. So we thought, well, again, if they exist, then we should put it in. We, we believe we should put it in because otherwise it's just like you're only going halfway. Or... So we started introducing all the recycled elements with a view to always trying to be a fully recycled and recyclable business. Um, and partly the reason for that is because the swim shorts, surf shorts, um, they are made from synthetic fabric because they need to be quick drying. They need to be, you know, they're a performance fabric. So it's not like we're using a organic cotton or something which could you know degrade in in, in the soil of at the end of the life right. um they, they are they're non-degradable it's synthetic so we felt like the best thing to do is use a recycled synthetic so at least it's come from post-consumer waste it's not been made the, the it's already been made right so the right. plastic bottles have already been used for the bottled water industry and they, they, they've been recycled and they were going to be turned into something. So basically what you're doing is you're diverting waste into, you're upcycling it, well, you know, yeah, you're upcycling it into something um, better really, you know, yeah. into to a clothing. Which, so, 
so we thought that was quite a nice idea so we did that and so yeah and, but i mean our, all our products have always been made out of recycled fabrics yeah ever since day one so the 100 percent of our business has always been recycled and um, and and as of nearly now not quite we're in talks with a company um literally now um and hopefully our next collection will be uh be able to be recycled at end of life which doesn't ex it doesn't really exist yet in the industry so we're, we're working with this uh, company in Plymouth who've sort of pioneered this system where they can grind down the um, they can grind down the fabrics at the end of life and mechanically uh, recycle them. So that's kind of quite a nice um, evolution as well. And it's not the sort of sexy part because it's just literally functional recycling, but it's something that we believe is um, important for. Uh, because well, otherwise everything is just going to go into you know it will stay forever like plastic will literally stay for forever and ever yeah. um so and then people often say to us well why do you make them out of recycled fabrics why don't you make them out of you know other materials but actually if you get the recycling right and if they are fully recycled it's they are the it's the most sort of environmentally conscious thing you can do to have a closed loop recycling well it's, it's impressive that this was you thinking like this 10 years ago where you know there's still people today that haven't really lent any thoughts to that at all you know when i mean people still today buy clothes and don't even ask where it's made or you know they they buy clothes and don't even know what fabric it's made of um you know and i'm i'm making up the numbers i've done that in my life as well obviously but i think more people now are certainly a bit more conscious of what they're doing where it comes from but you were doing this 10 years ago yeah, I, d I don't know where it came from. It just came. From, it just did. It, it, it was just a very. Um, it was a very sort of front forefront of the thought that it, it something has to. Um, it was, it tried, came of it. It sounds a bit silly, but like nearly like from a philosophical point of view, it was just trying to like right. What what can you do which is good? Or what what what? How can design be positive? Or how can it not be negative? Yeah, and, and just think about things sort of like what what just looked at it practically and thought, well, you know, what can, what impacts does it have? What can you lessen? Um, and, and the, but the, what was quite nice, like a turn of twist of fate was the fact that then there was all the stories about plastic in the ocean. And now there's yeah. about that, but we didn't think about that at the time. It was just the fact that the, the recycled fabrics existed. It, it wasn't about plastic. It was just like, well, we should use the best, the most environmentally friendly materials available in the in the market and they happen to be recycled polyesters so and then making swim shorts out of plastic and then it, then it, it just sort of it was like oh that's quite that's quite um it was just sort of in time with the sort of that well with all the negative news about plastic yeah. being in the, in the sea but it's sort of tallied with that but um i mean i have to say these days we don't maybe because we we did it and we mentioned it and maybe because we've been doing it a while but i try not to talk about that now mm. i don't know I, I sort of feel like because we, we i just want it to be very functional that recycling and sustainability within the company is just part of the, your dna yeah and, and try not to use it as a marketing tool yeah i mean your product still needs to stand up on its own really so um interesting um yeah yeah so a potentially stupid question for you is but when you get recycled fabric mm. so i mean i'm like 
going through the website and all the products on your shop brizboardshorts.com by the way is where i'm looking now in case you're thinking i'm distracted i'm just going through your shorts on my phone um so you get the fabric that's recycled Mm. um, Mm. but they all come in different prints different colorways and stuff like that do you then what process does it have to go through then is it a a dying or print process yeah so when you when you um when you buy or or select a, a, a recycled polyester it doesn't have a color so the natural recycled polyester color would be a mottled gray let's say like and so you have to when you you have to give it a color so you order a color and so we we've always chose a kind of a a cream and so basically like it's a blank it's it's a plain but it's a cream so we can use it literally like a blank canvas so we order that um, we hold stock of the plain fabric and then we get it printed in England. So the, the, and it's digitally printed, which is a, the most environmentally friendly method because it uses water-based inks and, and the heat sort of sets it into the, steams it into the, um, uh, seals it into the fabric. So it right. come, it's sort of sunken in. So, yeah, so I mean, once we've got the cream fabric, it's literally like a canvas. You just think of it like a, massive calico it's not calico but that color and and um and and so as and when we want we work i work with uh print designers and illustrators and artists and they do the prints and then yeah we just get it printed and sort of on the fabric and big rolls and then then it's cut in, right. into the shorts afterwards so yeah it, it it starts as a single color yeah and how many, so you've been going 10 years, how many new shorts do you introduce every year? And do you have like the classics that have always been there or are there any kind of vintage Rizboard shorts? Yeah, we do. We, yeah, we have classics. Well, we, it's funny. We thought, we, we do have classics which we've been running since the beginning and prints that we thought, we thought it'd be wise to set up a classic section because it would, it's stops having to do, you know, a whole full print range every time. And we thought, well, we, we don't have a white T-shirt or a blue jean. So if you're a print company, what's your white T-shirt? You know, what is your, your all se- always in season kind of... Um, so we do, we do repeat some of our prints time and time again. But um, funny enough, sometimes the, the classics started selling a little bit less over time. So we don't know. Maybe we'll keep them or maybe... They'll come in and out, maybe. Maybe they won't be every season. But to date, some of them have been in every season um, so yeah, we do, yeah we do have some classics, but I, I love the idea of classics partly because again it's sustainable. I really like the idea that not everything has to be new the whole time. I, mm. I, you know, especially I'd love a, a, yeah a classic timeless short or something that you could sort of pick up every year and it's the same one. And and um, no, I'm a big I'm all for that. So yeah, yeah, um, s- seasonal wear. I don't know if we if it's. I mean, obviously, it's still a thing. But when I ran a clothes shop, uh, I was a shop manager, ran my own business with uh, a friend from school. Um, outside in Cambridge, in the middle of fields, in the middle of nowhere. But we would have seasons of stock that would come in. And it would just seem so weird to me to get all of these seasonal stock in because, you know, it rains so often. You know, it's cold as balls nine months of the year. There, yeah, and then yeah. you'd have to really hope for a good summer because you got so much inventory to get through, so many t-shirts and portraits. And then if you didn't have a good summer, you'd be sitting on all this crap. And then you might have a really warm winter, and you'd be sitting on all. It just felt to me like having like 
blocking yourself off, putting little rings around yourself and going, you must fit yeah. this in here and you must have that there. It just seems like, uh, yeah, it was crazy to me at the time. So. Well, I do think, and I think the seasons have got even more crazy because one, the weather's up the spout and also um, because of, I, I don't exactly know why, but you know, the sales have been brought forward. So summer sh- English, you know, UK retailers on sale in June and then they start putting their autumn stuff in and, you know, and it only gets hot in England in August, <laughs> July, August. So it's a bit, bit, bit weird. But, I mean, I have to say, in some respects, um, doing the always summer thing, like for us, we only do, you know, it's always, we're always selling summer clothes. Um, and I have noticed that some retailers now will stock us, not, not many, but some will stock us throughout the year. Um, I think partly to try and break that seasonality um, so that, and, and people sometimes buy swim shorts as presents for Christmas. Um, and of course people travel all, all the time. So um, it would be nice if the season, I, I mean, I, I'm biased, but I'd love it if the shops sort of just, especially in a country like England, which we don't have, our, our, our seasons are quite blurred anyway. You know, it can be, it can be cold in the summer and, 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 uh, it doesn't need to be so hard, like you said, ring fenced. I think it'd yeah. be kind of nice. If they... But these are kind of self-imposed rings that we put around ourselves. It feels like, like we must have oh. the winter stock, and we must have that, and we must have it kind of land on certain dates and have it for certain times. Uh, yeah, yeah. It would, it would. Honestly, I'd never paid so much attention to a weekend's weather forecast than when I was working in that <laughs> shop. Um, but I digress. Riz, I, I got a. It's only just come to mind, but. Guys are quite loyal when it comes to brands, I find, maybe more so than women. <clears throat> Do you find that also with swim shorts in particular, that they'll either stick with you or maybe they might try and flirt and have a, other brands, other swim shorts in their collection? Have you, do you notice any trends in that area? Um, I, I definitely agree with you about the, the loyalty. From Well, I, I'm, I'm loyal to brands, definitely, and, and I think my friends are, or the people I know, the guys I know. But... Um, I it's I think it's a bit of from our side from what we can see from our customers I think it's a bit of both we, I definitely think we have people who sort of flirt with us and give us a go and you know I'm sure that's normal with most lots of companies and they quite like them and but maybe they're not quite right and and but we definitely definitely do see uh, return customers and um, hear about people who've got multiple pairs or or been buying them since you know we started or which is lovely i mean that's exactly what of course i'm guessing what all companies would love is that sort of lifetime loyalty um i mean the the difference i think with ours is that in some respects is that one they don't wear out that fast because of the nature of the fabric and also you don't wear them like a t-shirt or your jeans day in day out so they're unless you live in california or somewhere um or on the beach you're probably not I mean, for the English, for our English customers, they're going on holiday once, twice if they're lucky a year. So the, the, the return, you know, it's not every year that customers come back. But, um, I mean, some do. Um, yeah, I do think that I, 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 there is a loyalty, basically, yes. Yeah. But it's not across the field. It's not like every customer buys from you then becomes this sort of avid fan, you know. Right. Not that, not that good. <laughs> <laughs> good, but not that good. <laughs> yeah. Not that good. Because I find it with with my friends when it comes to shirts, for example, um, it, it can almost become quite tribal as to what shirt maker you have. I mean, it's or you know even suits, uh, tailors, etc. They can be 
fanatical about one and then if they they're seen maybe getting another suit from another tailor it could almost feel like they're uh cheating on their brand yeah (laughs) yeah yeah well i suppose i would definitely feel cheated if i knew one of our customers suddenly jump ship because you you do you sort of you you get that bit of loyalty and you you start liking that and you um but i mean it's one of those things what can you do you you just do your best you can do and and I, i think hopefully maybe when brands are a little bit more niche or companies have a, a certain style maybe it's easier to find loyalty because it's a bit more like marmite then it's like if people are going to like you they're going to like you it's, it's maybe harder if you're doing something like a, a white shirt or something or you know something which is a bit more gen- i shouldn't say generic but a bit more um hasn't got a specific identity yeah um, so I, perhaps we, we do have a bit of an identity because the prints are quite it's quite specific um because that's a certain taste and if you like that taste you're probably going to continue to like that taste so yeah um yeah that's true uh riz it's been wonderful speaking to you and uh learning all about the brand uh i'm going to close with a question that i've i've also just come to mind uh i'm big james bond fan as many people that listen to the podcast know and there is a certain uh, beach leisure wear brand that kind of got very very famous or on the back of a james bond film that's right yes, um, yes and i'm wondering have you ever craved for that kind of luck yourself or have you ever tried to push your shore under the nose of someone who might be a good ambassador for you have, have you ever chanced your arm in that way yeah it's a good question i think because of the bond nature of the swim stuff i mean i've I, of course, I've thought about it, right? I, I, as, a, as a British swim short maker and a, a refined, tailored swim shorts, of course. And I would love a Bond, you know, Bond's always been wearing, wears planes often, doesn't he? So I would love Bond to wear a, a slightly more patterned one of our shorts. But um, we, I have to say, we've never, PR for us is one of our, we, we, we don't do any PR. So we've never pressed it or progressed it. Um, and with regards to ambassadors, we work with some sort of like, lower profile um watermen you know surfers and watermen who live in shorts and and they're really great we've never had a high profile uh, person wear wear our shorts but um i think the bond one's interesting especially with with yourself doing the, the interested in bond style and maybe how bond has progressed or could progress and it's kind of like could could bond do print <laughs> you know mm. oh yeah that's there a whole go. different the, podcast. I love that. <laughs> there we go. So that kind of like is a nice way to leave it because it's not about the cut or the elegance or the, the, the sort of laid back classicness of that. I think that's it's, it's more about whether he can hold print or would want to hold print. So uh, when he does, he knows where to come. Yeah, yeah, come back in. Really okay, we, we, need, we need 100 of these by tomorrow. You're like... <laughs> <laughs> All right, brilliant. Riz, uh, yeah. thanks so much for your time and... Uh, and I hope to speak to you soon. Great. Thanks very much, Pete. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. How about that? Thank you, Riz. And I could have talked to Riz for hours. Indeed, I did off mic. We, We spoke about Bond. We spoke about more you know, making a mission statement for the brand, uh, being less modest, etc. These are all my my um ideas. Well, being less modest because i think they should really hammer home the the fact that they've started this brand and were ahead of the game in many ways with the sustainable element at least 
Anywho, why don't you head over to the website, find more about them and look at the shorts for yourself, rizboardshorts.com. And we'll put all the links over on the show notes at menswearstyle.co.uk, along with other articles pertaining to fashion, lifestyle, grooming, etc. If you want to come on the show, maybe tell us about your brand and your journey. You can email us here at info at menswearstyle.co.uk. And until next time.